Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Before we start the show, a word from our sponsors. Yeah, Lyndon, we got sponsors these days. That's right, buddy. Let's do this. The official wax sponsor of the Late Night with Chalky podcast is... Who Wax? The best wax in the game. Sticky icky. If you go to your local surf shop and they don't have it, demand demand it. it. It's the best. Next up is... Dash Mortgage. For what? All your lending needs. Refi, home loan, new home purchase, equity line. They're your go-to mortgage institution. What? What's their phone number? 714-784-5736. That is 714-784-5736. Dash mortgage. Okay. Where do we like to eat? Oh, our good friends own an insane southwestern Mexican restaurant called Caliente. Oh, Sizzling hot. What's their phone number? Caliente, Costa Mesa, 949-515-0909. They have a store, restaurant, front. They cater. They have the goods for small parties, corporate parties, events, and just insane good food. And if you're going to Nicaragua, where do you go? Mark and Dave's. Mark and Dave's. Markanddaves.com. <laughs> Welcome, friends and family and all of you surf Rats out there in the podcast world, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Today, we have two very special guests, Mr. Don Bueno Meek and Mr. Darren Brillo Brillhart. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. These two gentlemen are the West Coast Board Riders Club. They're the man that run the whole thing. I like it. Yeah. Thank you for sitting down today with us. Yeah. We're uh, honored. Well and we're an, an official. Thank you for letting us be the official podcast of the West Coast. Oh, the West Coast Board Riders. Yeah. yeah, we're all excited about we're, it. You can't forget our partners in the in the in the please. deal, though. So yeah. K- Casey Wheat, Chris Moreno, and Ziggy Williams, who are really the founders, and that was really their vision for sure. And Brillo and I have been lucky enough. Well, Brillo first, and our commissioner. Yeah, and the then commish. and then I came on early this year. So yeah, yeah, awesome. And I forgot to mention we're here at the Olu Clip. Headquarters in beautiful Foothill Ranch, California. So yeah, Polo <laughs> Clips. Yeah. It has a long, long, long intro right there. Yeah, <laughs> the original mobile lens system for phones, nice. and one of our sponsors at the West Coast Board Riders. So it's yeah. a, it's you, nice to be in friendly territory. Yeah. Yes, thank you, sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Uh, yeah. So let's start it off. Uh, let's start off with uh, Mr. Don Bueno Meek. Uh, tell us about how you got into surfing. Um, I grew up in Palos Verdes, and I wanted to 
surf and my dad said that's fine as long as you learn you know learn to swim and go to junior lifeguard so I started doing that and I was fortunate enough that two really great surfers uh, John Baker and Alfred Laws who you guys probably don't know but they're legends back in the day in the 70s were our junior lifeguard instructors and they're yeah. really the ones that got us into it so I started surfing when I was 10. Palos Verdes is a pretty uh, isolated area for surfing. Um, there was a really strong surf culture growing up there mm -hmm. and some real, you know, I think the first guys that went to Puerto Escondido back in the late 60s, early 70s are from PV and some really good big wave riders yeah. from there. I was not a big wave rider, but a lot of really Neither big. Neither was Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> it was a, a, a good spot to learn how to surf. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. not very many people get to surf Pals Verdes, right? Well, one spot in particular. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you if you make the climb down the cliffs and you go by yourself, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. But there's 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 some good all-year-round waves, you know, around there. Mm, there yeah. Can be. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So do you remember uh, what your first board was like or, or what it was? or? Yeah, I had a Jacob Shrimp. Wow. Shrimp. 510 Twin Fin that I got for my birthday. And then... How old were you when you first started? I think I was. Well, I first started 10. surfing when I was 10. I, I think I got a board when I was 11 or 12. Nice. And then there was a local shaper that worked for Rick Surfboards named John Lessing. And so the deal was that you'd go buy a blanket, Rick. You'd take it on your bike down to jail, shaping bay. He'd shape you your board. Your mom would pick you up in the station wagon. And we'd take the shape blank over to my friend Mark Houston's house, and he'd glass it for us. Wow. So a whole a brand new surfboard was 100 bucks with everything all in. So pretty much all out of a garage. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. Epic. Seems like it's still kind of like that, depending on where you're at and who yeah. you're working with. Yeah. I mean, it's still pretty old school. Yeah, although growing up in PV, you kind of you were sort of limited to a seven-two round pin tail single fin, glass clear with a black wetsuit. It was sort of <laughs> like you had to, and that's what I think is so cool about surfing now is that kids can ride anything and have fun and. It's not the same as, yeah. it, as it was. I like that. It's every color of the rainbow out there these days. Yeah. Well, the, the important question is, how did you get Bueno as a nickname? <laughs> uh, Where did that come from? Sly Dog and Brandy Faber were the guys that okay. gave me right. that. That's hilarious. I like to have a good time. Yes. Hey, that's what we're about. My middle name is Bueno, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to no go bueno. late, late night Bueno. Late night with no Bueno. Whoa. <laughs> so... All right, we'll go back to Don, but let's get your uh, upbringing, Brillo. Yeah, uh, well, upbringing. Uh, I grew up in Newport Beach, went to Newport Elementary, and and uh, grew up surfing uh, rivers, yetis, and all the streets and all that stuff. How old were you when you uh, first started, bud? Uh, I would say eight years old is when I was got into it and yeah. started surfing every day. Boogie boarding as first as or as straight into surfing? No, I went straight into surfing. Yeah. That was weird, yeah. Just uh, usually... You know, my friends kind of got into bodyboarding, boogie boarding first, and then uh, and then I, I just went straight into surfing. I was I was a little bit older, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was it was tough. It's funny because like the first surf session I did was in Balboa. I lived right down at B Street, and there's no waves in Balboa, you know, unless it's like pumping swell. And I'm out there like trying to catch a wave right on the shore, just going, <laughs> this this kind of doesn't work. <laughs> And then finally, I kind of figured it out, went down to River Jetties and, and found some ways to ride, and yeah, it was fun. How did you get your inter?
Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Production, did your dad surf or you had siblings or your brother? Uh, or friends. friends. Just yeah, friends? just friends. Yeah. Yeah. All the kids from Newport Elementary. Yeah. So, you know my yeah. wife teaches at Newport El. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty nice place to work. It's right on 15th Street, right? Can you on believe the, that? No, I can't. Like the your, back your playground is, is the sand. It's the sand. And yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. A lot of memories. Fun. Okay, so did you guys skateboard? Yeah, I, I skated a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I can't skate anymore. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, when I was uh, younger, I skated quite a bit. So Yeah, but you started skating when your thing wheels were already a thing, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because, so. Because urethane wheels changed my life. <laughs> we, had, we had clay wheels, and you had to wear them down to where they were about a quarter of an inch thick, and then they'd be perfect for a day, and then they'd crumble. Yeah. And then the Cadillac wheels came out, and that was, that was it. They're like smooth. Uh, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was there was a lot of skate parks back then. The Odyssey and Concrete Wave and a few other things. And, and that, was, that was just a lot of fun. Skating and surfing. And uh, my dad actually distributed skateboards. And he used to tell me to swap me you know, a long time ago. And, and uh, so when what I was, was a little kid. What was the brand kid, name? Do you remember? Uh, he, no, he distributed all the brands, like um, like all the top brands. Oh, really? Yeah, Tracker Trucks. And, okay. Yeah. And... Uh, and the distribute cool to just, like retailers, or he, he would just kind of get the uh, hand me downs, I think, and just and just went and did uh, swab me stuff, mm. you know, every hustler. weekend. He was a hustler, yeah, that's and, awesome. uh, and it was fun because I had all kinds of boards, and it's pretty classic because so we had, we had tons of those like little tiny um, plastic boards, right? Had yeah. shitloads of them at in our garage. And um, so every time I go down the lowers, I use one of those boards to get, skate down, and then I just leave it in the bushes. Then <laughs> <laughs> I come back and just another session, just grab another board out of a box. Wow, your dad was stoked on that, huh? Yeah, well, you never knew. <laughs> <laughs> People, bums or like other groms would pick up the board and be like, what? Yeah. Sight. So you just walk back up. Yeah, I just do the one way. Those things, those things don't go uphill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. downhill. It's hard to carry Do a surfboard fall. and yeah. a skateboard. Now you can't show it unless you're on like a $1,500 electric bike. Or right. You're a loser. Like, what's this guy doing down here? You don't have an electric bike? Do you have one of those? No. Everybody has. I mean, Kalani's got a quiver of those things, I think. <laughs> it seems like it. Every time he posts something on Instagram, it's thanking an electric bike company. Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I used to go down to lowers all the time, but I don't go down to lowers anymore. It's just... It's, you know, a bit crowded, and uh, I'd rather just stay at home. Yeah. It's Secret spots. And surf uh, crowded Newport. <laughs> so back to Don. Mm. Growing up in PV, mm. did 
did you excel in surfing and like surf contests or? No, I, I was never a contest surfer. No, I was never a contest surfer. Yeah. I, I, I think I surfed in one contest in my life and I wow. didn't get out of my heat and that was sort of it. Did, uh, did but, you? Um, but I but I love it. You know, it was really all I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got into lifeguarding when I was 16 in Newport. So it became more. Did you move to Newport? Or no, I stayed at my to... folks' house. It, it was an hour back then yeah. on the freeway, and yeah. gas was 35 cents a gallon, and yeah. it was easy. Yeah. Um, so I got that job when I was a sophomore in high school, and I did it for seven years in the summer. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. It was a great job, you know, when yeah. minimum wage is a buck 35 and you're making 450 an hour. It's Huge. a pretty good job. Yeah. yeah. At 16 years old, you're yeah. kind of laughing. Yeah. yeah. It was and, good. And it's great. one of the greatest High school jobs I can never imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was unreal. My only, the only shame I have in my life was that I was the guy at Fifty Sixth Street at noon when the black ball would go up, and I would have <laughs> you were the, the, I, the I, evil one. Well, no, and I'd be the last guy to put it up, and I'd get a call from headquarters like, "Dude, you got to put the flag up." <laughs> and then they'd make you get on the PA and go, "Okay, surfers, the black yeah. balls now. If you have to get out of the water, you felt like such an asshole." Yeah, yeah. No, call no, call yeah. back up when you're leaving the beach. You just like, get harassed too. Just no like, hardboard surfboards out there. It'll be it'll be foggy. You can't even see the shore. If you're on shore, you can't even see anybody out in the lineup. And they'd still run the boat and look for people to kick people out. Yeah, yeah. It just it was so well scary. back in safety, back, bro. But back safety in the day, we weren't part of the fire department. We were the marine safety department, yeah. and it was a whole different thing. Mm. We were, our, and it was pretty cool actually. Yeah. And there were some really good surfers that worked there. So Bruce Reed and some other guys, and it was. Nice. It was so cool. you did a lot of growing up in Newport then? Summer times, yeah. 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 Between the Newport Pier and the River Jetties at 16, that was pretty cool. Um, did you ever go on, like, exotic surf trips? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I went to Puerto Escondido in 78 for the wow. first time. Damn, yeah. you're, that's pioneer stuff right there. 78? Yeah. yeah. Had yeah. to take the bus from Acapulco, the overnight bus, and stay at the cabanas down there. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah there was probably no hotels or anything down there at that time, huh? Uh, I was 20. Um, hotels? There like was no nothing. hotels, no. Yeah. There was the Palapa restaurant on the beach, and then there was the Senora that had the cabanas down there. Yeah. But there were no hotels or anything like that. Who'd you go down there with? My friend Kevin Ferguson. Just yeah. you two? Just the two of us. We went and... Didn't know anybody, but we knew we wanted to surf that spot. So I mean, surfing put that place on the map, obviously because of the waves. But when I went down there quite a bit, you'd see a ton of like Canadians and like Europeans for a vacation. For vacation, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, how the heck did you find like at it everywhere? You'd come to this. There's not really much around there. No, except surf. And they didn't even surf. They're just hanging out. Yeah, it's like an, it's kind of odd. I went. I went it's down there place. in the uh, mid '80s uh, with Sonny Miller. Mm. Um, we went with uh, Surfer Magazine. Yeah. And we did a little article on our trip. And uh, we scored. The waves were firing, and, and basically, we're the only ones out. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't really any locals so let's surfing go, back then. Let's go back. On there were no locals at the time. Yeah. Yeah. There were no lifeguards. Oh, there was probably no surfing, really, except for the surfers. No, you got, no, there was a lot of surfing. I mean, there was a lot of guys that knew that, about it. That knew about, yeah. I mean, go back to the old Surfer Magazines from the late 60s. You know, you had the guys going to Mazatlan and writing those stories. And then you yeah. had Craig, uh, Kevin Naughton and Craig Peterson that made their way down there. But a couple of guys, Dale Struble and a guy named Kit Cosart from Palos Verdes were some of the first guys to go to Puerto Escondido. And 
Dale was a shaper. His house was right above Rat Beach. And I remember going in there when I was a Grom and seeing like this 810, like pocket rocket gun that he was shaping. And we're like, where are you going to surf that? He goes, oh, there's a spot down in Mexico they call the Mexican Pipeline. And we're like, <laughs> you know, our eyes are this big. And it was, they were the first guys. Yeah. Or among the first guys. That's amazing. So going back to Brillo, uh, you're in Newport Beach, freaking surf ghetto, surf rat. Right. Yeah. It was super grom. Is that um, who are you rolling with? Jeff Parker, Quack. Uh, uh, like you were younger than those guys. Right? Yeah, I was. I was. I was. I was younger than those guys. Um, you know, we always looked up to them. Yeah. Know, John Gothard and Quack and Preston and all those guys. Um, you know, I I was hanging out with. Uh, That's why you guys got so good. Is because like there's a fierce, com- competitive. Yeah, and they're, they're always in the media. Like you know, light, yeah. and they uh, they were charging and they were traveling a bit. Quack was traveling a bit, but um, but I, I was hanging out with Todd Miller uh, quite a bit back then. I lived with him as well. The Whacker. Yep, the Whacker. <laughs> yep. During during those years, Richie and uh, Richie as well. I, I I lived with Richie for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, while he was on tour, and then while he got off tour, so. So, Those are interesting couple of years, but yeah, it was uh, it was you, fun. As a Grom, you started surfing contests. Yeah, and then those guys kind of sucked me into the events. You know, Todd was really competitive. Obviously, yeah. You know, uh, Richie was you know the best Ultra. competitor there, yeah. there was. In uh, he was like the best in, in of his era, and then like you know as far as like cutthroat, like just such good calculated you know heat winners. And and he was like that since you know he's super young. You know, yeah. I mean he he basically turned pro when he was fourteen, fifteen years old, and did a lot of pro am events and traveled and made the tour at a young age um, and and traveled and you know did well. I mean he won bells. He won. But this show is not about. Richie Collins. No, it's this not. This show is about Bueno and Brillo. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, well, I mean, growing up there, you know, I remember my first surfboard was a Peter Schroff. You know, it was a nice. twin fin, 20. Um, Crazy Schroff. I bought it at Jack Surfboards. The, the board was, like, the most expensive board on the rack. And, you know, I was in there with my dad, and he's, I'm all, I want this one. It, it just looked pretty. It, just, it looked insane. How old are you? Um, I was, I think I was 10 when I bought, when I, we got that board and, and, uh, and I, you'd already been surfing for, I've already two, been surfing for a couple of years Yeah, and I, I was just, I got to have this one, you yeah. know, and it was, again, it was the most expensive. I don't know what it, what it brand was, new. but it was brand new. Okay. What, what was it? The color? It the, was, the, it was the airbrush. What was the it was airbrush? super sick. It just had these little, um, arrows on it, like, uh, it's hard to describe, but it it had it was colorful. Looked like heaven. Yeah, and it was a it was a twin fin swallowtail. Shaw's boards were funky. Yeah, his boards were funky, but they were like they were perfect for the time. They, yeah, yeah, they were they were great boards, and and uh, had to have it. And yeah. I got it and loved. He it. had a shop right in Newport. At yeah, one he time. did. Yeah. yeah, where was it? Um, it was down by the crab cooker, right behind the crab cooker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Newport. I remember that. I kind of remember. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that cooker's um, gone. Yeah, I yeah. love that board, but yeah. When did when did you get your like first sponsor? Like ap- after you got a new board, you're ten. Was it a couple of years of doing contests and and, and growing, or did the uh, older guys? I don't know. Hook you I, up? I never really uh, got sponsored until I got a little bit older. I think um, you know I moved to Kauai for a couple of years. Did you really spend some time over there when I was 
uh, 18, moved over there. And, and, after uh, high school? After high school. Um, and then uh, spent a couple of years and then and then became real good friends with Ruben Balmaris and McConaughey McDonald and some of the local surfers there that uh, still rip to this day. What what made you move to Kauai? I just actually, to live in Hawaii? It, yeah, it's kind of a... It's kind of a long story. I just cut it short. I just wanted to get away from who you know, from some of the friends, some of the bad friends I was hanging out with. Got it. You know? Got it. And I wanted to straighten myself out. Yeah. Smart. Not, not Miller and those guys, but yeah. that's that's when I came back, and then Miller and I became really good friends, and we were real competitive and whatnot since surfing. But but yeah, I, so I, how I snuck long away. Eighteen to what what age? Uh, eighteen to twenty. I, um, okay. And then uh, when I came back, that's when the PSA started. Oh. And that's when I started competing, you know. So I didn't really have an amateur career. Yeah. I, I basically just Straight didn't do it. the NSSAs back in the days. I did yeah. them when I was in the master division as I as I after my you know surfing pro career. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, so um, came back and and uh, surfed the PSAs, and then that became the Bud Surf Tours, and then traveled around, did uh, some of the World Tour events as well, traveled around to Japan and Australia and Europe and all that, and. And I uh, had fun. I mean, I competed yeah. a little bit against Jay, and uh, probably beat him all the time. Uh, no, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> Whoa! But but yeah, it 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 was uh, it, it was fun. Really, I didn't really see he didn't is. really see a sponsor to mind of a competitor. Older. Yeah, very That's competitive. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, seeing. I mean, you guys were a few years older than me, and I was just a, a super grom. It was the Bud Tour, and I, I remember seeing like. You, Miller, and then like, um, I mean, even, I mean, Deffenbaugh started surfing those events when he, when you were younger, and I was like, wow, those guys are surfing them. I want to get in on that too. But you didn't really think of pro surfing until after high school. But you know, right. you know, a lot of guys started early. Yeah, yeah. I love the butt tour. So who do you remember your first sponsors or your sponsors? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was sponsored a little bit by Maui and Sons. Mm. Um, back in the day and um, Quicksilver and uh, but I remember that's how I kind of got into the team management game is uh, I was sponsored by Maui and Sons and then the team manager quit and then Jeff Yokoyama who's the owner at the time Maui and Sons he's all all right I'm going to double your salary and you're going to be our team manager I'm all okay and that's how I got into team management and from there it grew, you know. Um, I uh, got a job after that from um, working for Rusty, and mm-hmm. uh, I did. You had Rusty. a long stint with Rusty, right? Yeah, ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good run. A lot of fun. Yeah. So and Rusty surfing, was such sur- a big brand. Yeah, for oh, it a was, long time. It, it surfing was, was on fire. He, you know, his shapes were unbelievable, and then they just started the, the clothing. Well, clothing and then you side. had PT. Yeah, yeah, and he was a big. Et yeah. joined in. He was he was my boss for a good nine of those years, and he was the best boss yeah, I could ever ask for. I learned so much from him. He yeah. just he, he you know he his, his vision and all the ideas he had, and then he, he just lets you do your job and yeah. execute all that stuff. But but I remember when I first started team managing Rusty, I was still competing a little bit on the Bud Surf Tour. And it was one particular event in Oceanside, a Bud Surf Tour event, where I made it to the quarterfinals. And Shane Powell actually came over and was staying with me. And I got into a heat, 
with all rusty guys. Shane, oh, crap. Shane and... Really, you had to take the fall on this one. Yeah. Well, not, not <laughs> that... You can't beat Powell. Not, well, not that, that I'm going to beat these guys anyways. Yeah. You know, hey. They're kind of like the top guys. Right? You never know. And But I every time I piled for a wave, it's like the guys were there. And I'm like, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. And then, then afterwards, after the heat, I was just like, what am I doing? I can't. Yeah. I can't compete anymore. Can't compete and run it and be a you know, proper team manager. Yeah. So that was the last pro yeah. event that I. Hey, bro! Competed. I would have kept your contract, but I took you out in the quarter. How would that be if your team manager beats you? Yeah. Well, I ha- that's happened before, and guys have missed the the tour because of Ooh. that. You know, mm. that one incident with Pat O. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, his team manager, but or as he was a team manager and, and somebody I can't remember who, but uh, they're at sunset and I he needed that. to make a heat, and uh, and Pat beat him. I remember he didn't make the tour. He didn't that wasn't the tour. too long ago. Yeah, that yeah. was oh like five years. You know, gosh. like no, more than five maybe, years. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, we're old. It's yeah, it was, but it wasn't it's yeah. a while ago. But yeah, wow, Pat ago <laughs> destroyed somebody's career. <laughs> Dude, bro, here's a cup of joe. <laughs> I'll give you an extra board short. Um, so after you know, 10 years of Rusty, that's a long, yeah, that was long, a long run. run. Remember how dominant Rusty was in boards at one point in time? Oh, yeah. When was, Aki was riding him, too, and the Hobgoods. And Taylor Knox. Chris Ward. Oh, yeah, Taylor. Or ta- I mean, we had... The, the best team. The team. We had yeah. the team. You know, we had Taylor Knox, Pat O'Connell, Todd Chesser. Todd Chesser. Yeah. And, um, and the Hobgoods. Benji wrote Rusty Boards for a little Kalani bit. Rob was Kalani the, oh, Rob Kalani. Kalani Kalani was, Special K. Kalani was it. Like, when we when we took Kalani from Billabong, actually, actually we took majority of our guys from Billabong. I remember Paul Gomez called me up on the phone going, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, first... You take Kalani, then you take the hog goods. It's like I'm almost like it's nothing personal. They want to, you know, they yeah, want to yeah. move to somebody else. But anyways, um, yeah, we we signed a three year deal with Kalani, and Rusty actually said, "You guys are crazy." PT and I put together this contract, and it was um, it was a three year deal. This may seem like the numbers may seem so low right now. It was twenty four, thirty six, and forty eight grand three year deal. Okay, so on Kalani's second year. He wins the NSSA Opens in Explorer season at Lowers, which is a big deal at the time. Yeah. He won the World Junior um, title in Brazil, right? And then he qualified on the World Tour go- that year. So 26 grand. And he was making he was making uh, 36. 36 grand that year. Going into the third year, he was going to be only making 48 grand. And obviously, we cut that contract. We extended another three years and signed him at 200k, and um, and you know he did the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I tell you what, man, that kid. He was still. He still. He still is. Son of a bitch. You see him get out there on those soft tops at Lowers and just. Oh yeah. Down yeah. the line, it's just. Yeah, I he's watched, having fun still. He's I watched it. Uh, in a pink suit. official YouTube channel, and and. That's all my kids watch. It's so crazy. All it's those. crazy how good Kalani surfs on a boogie board. Yeah, it kind of pisses me off. <laughs> well, just, just yeah, and right that right. one, uh, that Blair, the long-haired, blonde-haired kid. Yeah. I forget his name. Blair Conklin. I think? Conklin. Who rides that, a skimboard? Yeah, but he rides a boogie board too, mm-hmm. and and he'll like skim into those waves, and you're just like, what the hell? Crazy at the yeah. wedge. Oh, it's pretty bitching. Bitching, bitching to watch. 
So, back to Meek. Back, back, to, back me. to Bueno. Yeah, Don Bueno. So, so after, after that was about when Brillo and I first met. got in contact with one another was the very early '90s because I'd been working at Prime Ticket. So wait, let's go back. Sure. Backtrack a second. Sure. So sure. you you went lifeguarding. Lifeguarding. lifeguarding yeah. Puerto Escondido, you're 20. Yep. Uh, you go to college? Uh-huh. In and out of college. Did you finish with a degree or? No. No. Long Beach State, 10 units short, but yeah. I got a job. Yeah. yeah. So what, what did you do? What, what was your aspirational career or job? I wanted to work in advertising. Okay. I thought that would be a yeah. really cool thing. And instead, I went to work in the media business on the sales side. So selling television advertising. Was what I did. Okay. In LA, worked for Channel Two, Channel Nine, and how uh, did you get there? Like, uh, a buddy's uncle was in that business, mm. and he told me what he did, and I thought that sounded pretty cool. And yeah. you know, I long story, but I started a small business videotaping the insides of people's homes for insurance purposes back in the early '80s. I bought a video camera and started. I set up my own business to do huh. that. And I wanted to do some advertising for it. So a friend of mine I'd gone to high school with, her dad ran the advertising department at the LA Times, and he helped me put a little ad together. And he said, you want a job here after you graduate from school? I'm like, well, I'd like a job here now. But I didn't go to work for him. I went to work for somebody else. Yeah. But anyway, it worked out, and then I that was the business I was so in. So go back to the sure. insurance thing. Like, yeah, wasn't what, that funny? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like what? Uh, friends, uh, friends of my parents' house had burned down. Okay. And they're over <clears throat> some dinner party at my folks' house. Yeah. And he's really nice house, by the way. Yeah. Palos Verdes. Palos Verdes. Yeah, but not it. it yeah. Okay, but not like that. But they're underinsured because they couldn't prove what was in the house. And well, they had plenty of insurance, but they couldn't prove that they had all the art. They couldn't yeah. prove that they had all the stuff. And he's like, God damn it, I wish I had photos or a videotape. And yeah. I thought, huh. And th they had just come out with consumer video cameras. They were VHS tapes. You had to think, put the thing around your shoulder. The camera weighed about 30 pounds. Yeah. And they were a couple thousand bucks, but I thought, that's a, a pretty good idea. A light bulb went off your head after you said that, and you're like, oh, yeah. I and can do this for a living. I called it Video Inventory Systems and bought it and started videotaping people's homes. I made enough money to pay for the camera and made some money, and hmm. that was pretty cool. It was pretty fun. I, some funny stories about what people have in their houses. Yeah, I can I imagine. Can imagine yeah. <laughs> some relics and some really off the wall. Yeah, just don't open, don't open, that the, door. Don't open the bedside table <laughs> yeah. or the, the bedside drawer. You yeah. don't necessarily Video want to know what's in there. everything over Except here. Except that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want that insured. <laughs> so Maybe you not. started your own business. Yeah, and then, um, and then um, yeah, I got into the, uh, I got into the media business and started selling advertising and kept surfing. Um, so I was not in the surf industry per se. And then I got to Prime Ticket, which was the regional sports network that at the time had the Lakers and the Clippers and the Kings and USC and UCLA. But we didn't have any baseball in the summertime at the time. None of the baseball teams, the Angels or the Dodgers, any team really in the yeah. country thought that it would be a good idea to put their home games on local cable. Yep. They thought it would hurt the gate. Hmm. Actually, the it's opposite of that. You put your games on local television, you build a bigger fan base and people want it. But at the time they yeah. didn't. So we had our summertime programming, which was the ABP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour and the Bud Tour. Those were the things that we had on the air. In a the Bud Tour, Surf Tour. Yeah. Okay. Hot, yeah. hot, hot, hot. Summer, Summer nights. nights. <laughs> yeah. Remember Wet and Wild Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Look forward to those Wednesdays. So um, in 
we were we were paying to produce those. We were paying Alan Gibby at Dynacom to produce those, and we had a budget for producing that content because you know you needed to keep stuff on the air. Yeah. And then 1991, there was a terrible advertising recession, and, and they cut those budgets. And so the guy that was running programming, a guy named Don Corsini, who's a dear friend, um, he and I would surf together. We would go on surf trips. And he said, hey, man, would you be interested in coming to work for me? And because he was running programming, and see if you could find sponsors to underwrite the cost of the programming. Because if we can just cover the cost, we can keep it on the air. Yeah. And I'm like... Surfing and pro, sure. So yeah. he had gotten to be friends with PT and Bob McDonough at Surfing Magazine, and I met those guys in '91, and we put together what we called the Beach Network, which was ads in the magazine, sponsorship of the events, and ads on television. And we started selling the Bud Tour, and we found enough money to underwrite the cost and the Pro Beach Volleyball events. And so all of a sudden we're now in, own, in the owning the events business, mm. which was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, Did you have to drive to LA? Because I mean, that's where pretty much a lot of I was of living in Pacific Palisades, actually up by Malibu yeah. at the time. Um, so that's where it all was. And then... So you were, you were selling advertising for each of these events? Yeah, well, we were really, we had really built the very first integrated sponsorship programs. So it would include spots on television, banners on the beach, ads in the magazine in a package. Yeah. And so we started ABC package bringing new sponsors and new advertisers. And then. And the events were volleyball and surfing. Yeah. So we had the Bud Tour, which was owned by the Maestro family with Body Glove. And forget that. And it had started as the PSAA. Then they got Budweiser to sponsor it. And now Body Glove owns the Bud Tour. And Miller Brewing was the AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. And then I created the event group at Prime Ticket. And we ultimately bought the Bud Tour from the Maestros. And so that was our property and ran that. And then about that same time, I guess it would have been October of 92, proposed that we bring the World Tour back to the U.S. And that was when the U.S. Open of Surfing was created. Yeah. So that so you were responsible for creating the U.S. Open of Surfing in Huntington Beach. Correct. That's right. And that that's the height of surfing, competitive surfing in America was yeah. during those times, during yeah. the Bud Surf Tour. I mean, a yeah. guy like Jeff Deffenbaugh, local Huntington Beach surfer, um, qualified. He was a rusty team rider. I know all this because yeah. I was team managing him. <laughs> he qualified on the Bud on the tour by only leaving the country once. Yeah, you can. There's you no can't way. do it you now. You can't do yeah. that now. But you have to. Rob Taylor Knox. I think Pat. I others. think. I think, and maybe even Kalani. Like almost like that whole generation of guys. Yeah. All did it back to back within like two years by like you said only really going to a couple overseas events. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, you got to remember at one point we had ten or eleven Bud Tour events. Yeah. We had Ocean Beach. We had Santa Cruz. I mean, oh my gosh, we had Malibu. Yeah, Pismo. It all went down. We, we had, had Malibu. Yeah. We had, I remember. Yeah, they East got good waves. Surfing championships. ECS. Yeah, Huntington. It was either at Bolsa or at River Jetties. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And, and it was pretty epic because PT was doing play by play or color commentary. Yeah. And, you know, working for Prime Ticket, of course, you have tickets to everything, Lakers and Kings, and he and I are really good friends. 
Actually, I want to give all credit to PT for the idea of bringing the World Tour back to the yeah. U.S. He was the one that said, "Hats me, off, PT. Me, me, me. Yeah. We gotta, yeah. we gotta bring the World Tour back to the United States." I'm like, yeah. "Hey, well, how?" Do, and he was at Rusty at the time. Yeah. Can he we do it again? Yeah. Let's do it, PT. Come on. Come on. Let's bring it back. It's in the U.S. It's at the Surf Ranch. Yeah. 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 Well, let's bring more back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More. But anyway, PT but was that's the one gone now. I don't think they're going to have it. No, anymore. they announced it yesterday. Yep. Oh, they did. Back yeah, on. the yep. uh, the Michelob Ultra Gold Pro at the Sir French again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And G Land's on. G Land's back. That's what I like to see. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so it was PT, and yeah. he and I were the ones that sat down with Corsini and Roger Warner that night. Never forget it. And Roger goes, he was the boss. He was he used to be the CEO of ESPN. He goes, so fellas, I hear you have something you want to talk to me about. We're like, we sure do, boss. We want to bring the world tour back to the U.S. He goes, well, I think that's a fine idea. How are you proposing to do it? And yeah. Like, do it at Huntington, and it'll be awesome. When are you going to do it? 1994 in the summer. And he goes, okay. He goes, on one condition. I'm like, what's that? And he goes, you put a gate, or a fence around the grandstands and charge admission, even if it's only a dollar. Yeah. I just want to see if we could do it. And that was when we started working on it. Wow. And you did? We did the first year in 94. Charged people? Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> For the stands. Though. For the grandstands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Again, the grandstands. Yeah. 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 That's kind of cool. I mean, honestly, as a Grom back then, I probably said, no, F that. But now well, that's it's when like, I met you for the first time because you were working at Surf and Sports. Yeah. Yeah. And Aaron did took the 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 logo, lights, the licensed apparel. Yeah. And then Big Mike at Jack's spat the dummy and got and so we had to split it up but anyway yeah yeah so well, we need to bring grandstands back to the u.s open yeah and uh i think next year vans is gonna i hope IMG, they're, gonna, in, they're in, gonna do it they're gonna bring because that's one thing that it's missing if you look at theater. it yeah like, it needs, you, you just well the thing is is like there's not a lot of viewing space you, you have you have the pier which is great if you're the first or one but or they two need to do rows. them on the pier like they used in the, in the op and then and then on the sand if you're kind of up front yeah. But after that, if you're not in the VIP section and all yeah. that stuff, you just you can't see the event. Yeah, I mean, and it's how much better is it looking like having that up above. aerial yeah. view looking yeah. down? Oh, it's so much better. So it's, it's insane. You know, it's interesting that that event did a lot for pro surfing in the U.S. But anyway, I was saying we had these tickets to all these events, and going to a Laker game with PT yeah. at the height of the Bud Tour was like going with David Bowie or Mick Jagger. Hey, PT. Yeah. Chris Brown wrap around, yeah. hey, whacks it off the top and rips it off the bottom. I mean, it was really yeah. that thing. But I, I know PT gets a lot of credit, but I don't think he gets enough credit for how progressive he was and how he thought about it, yeah. and how he thought about what it meant to have a huge event like the U.S. Open in Huntington Beach. And I'll never forget this. At the end of, the, so we had a three-year deal with the ASP. So 94, 95, 96. So first year it's Shane Besh and next year it's Rob Machado. And in 96, Kelly wins. We have the Wallflowers playing for free on the beach on the Coca-Cola music stage with the Sony Jumbotron. The sun's out. There's 100,000 people there. It's just incredible. And Graham Stapleberg and I walk out to the end of the pier. And he goes, so I got to tell you that we had the annual general meeting of the ASP last night. And the surfers voted not to renew the sanction for the U.S. Open in Huntington. And I'm like... You, the surfers voted against it. Barton Lynch. Just Barton Lynch? Led, no. Oh, he led was the, the one that was the rep for the surfers at the time and led the, led the vote not to renew 
the sanction for an event in Huntington, and, and G said the only place that we would do it would be at Lowers. I'm like, but you can't do this event at Lowers, not yeah. like this. Yeah. And the thing that was so mind-bogglingly frustrating about it was you've got 100,000 people seeing Kelly Slater, Rob Machado, Taylor Knox, Kalani Rob, um, Mike Lambrizzi, all up close and personal. They can yeah. feel them and touch them. You put them at Lowers, no one's going to see them. Yeah, you're going to yeah. see them on TV, but it would almost be like if the Lakers played in some mountain hideaway somewhere and the only place you ever saw them was on television. Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to see them. I, I can see both sides. Of that. There is. I mean, you. There should be a Lowers and a Huntington event that, that in America. That. that would be the the best case scenario. Having yeah. two two events. I, I think I think at that time it was the worst timing for for the U.S. Open. Um, but um, but I can see both sides. The fact that that Huntington doesn't always, especially in that time during the summer, yeah. doesn't produce quality waves. And and I think, I think at that time too they were trying to get the Dream Tour going. Yeah, right? yeah. Back that, then? Well, or you know, maybe it was kind of early. It was early on. It was early on that. But the thing that kind of struck me was how militant it all was. Mm-hmm. You know, like somehow, and it's a it's a balance. Yeah, I yeah. think there. You know, surfing should it be a competitive thing or not be a competitive thing? And I yeah. think that it's a continuum. There's all, you know, from here to here. Well, but it just seems so short-sighted to me. It's like, guys, yeah, your livelihood is competitive surfing, and, and there's the biggest stage in the world. Exactly. Like the more eyes that are on your sport and on your competition and on you, the more valuable you are to the industry. So, so the year that there was a, a a world tour event and also a qualifying event, the one that anyone it was all three years. All three years. Okay. Yeah, so, so the OP Pro was, so PT's thing was we have to have a real U.S. Open where there's a qualifying event beforehand. So I met with Bonnie Crail at OP in 93, and she agreed to make the OP Pro the qualifier for the U.S. Open. Mm. And then I think it was Sebastian Haircare was the next year, was the was OP, or maybe it was two years, and then it was AirTouch Cellular that did the, Air Touch Pro that was the qualifier for the U.S. Open. So it was a QS going into a CT. Yeah. And the four wild cards came out of the QS. Yeah. And that's when it was two weeks of uh-huh. nonstop surfing, yeah. which I love that. Back yeah. In the day. I mean, it's, it's you know, when you live there, it's kind of a nuisance. But at the same time, <laughs> I mean, what what it gives back to not just the, the sponsors of the event, but all everybody that, you know, this... The local Huntington Beach, business. Newport, like yeah. Southern California mecca of you know America surf, like every athlete's doing signings up and down the beach. Yeah. Everybody's participating. You know, you got tons of vendors. I mean, it's just a really good thing for the sport. Well, you know, and but, it's a really good thing for the city. But of the surf sucks. Yeah. Then it's like, but you know what? The surf doesn't always suck. No, and and I know that it's popular to slag off Huntington, blah blah blah. But there's a reality that you got to make these things work from a commercial standpoint. Yeah. yeah. The city of Huntington Beach did an economic impact study on the U.S. Open this last year, and it's worth $100 million a year to the city. Wow. So you can't argue with the fact that it has a positive net yeah. impact. And aside from some knuckleheads that throw bicycles through windows, I mean, at the end of the day, it's been pretty peaceful over the years. Yeah. So. yeah. All that dudes beef up security during, you know. They, they've done a really weeks. good job yeah, I, of, like, spreading out 
on sand and security is beefed yeah. up and well i also think that you know with vans in as their title sponsor too they've really made it more f- about family. family yeah yeah less Youth. about partying sign my ass oh god there was a point in time <laughs> when you'd walk up there and those girls and like know their bathing suits and writing all over the, that was a little gnarly. The, yeah, yeah it got like, I think during the Hurley stages, it was pretty getting out of control there. Well, when you're advertising a free concert and people just want to come down and party and listen to the free concert, then yeah. come down and enjoy the BMX, the skate, and the surf, and the whole the, like day package. The past two Vans events were like, I'd bring my daughters there, you know? Oh, yeah. Hang out. You know, it was cool. Yeah. It was way more wholesome, less riffraff. Yeah. Definitely an event that you could really promote. You know, but for I mean, family. for the for the headlining sponsors, and I, I I might be wrong, but from the numbers I've heard that OP used to make on that event at merchandise and selling would pay for the event like tenfold. Now I don't know if like the cost of how much you know back then it was probably not as intricate you know as now with the skate park and you know like they used to do a half pipe and that was it. Now it's like I think the cost of the event is. Did you see that high. van store on the sand? It's though? crazy. Yeah. They've got to be making a... Remember when we walked in there that one yeah. day and it was pumping? Yeah. So I, I heard they they do it like $4 million for the for the four days. I, Something close to that, right? Yeah. I mean, they're open um, from weekend to weekend. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, that's a draw to continue sponsorship, whether it's vans in the future or somebody else. It's like, hey, this is, yeah. you know... Everybody has their window of like, hey, it was a Hurley for a few years or is this brand for a few years right now? It's vans, you know, like... I hope it sticks around. Well, someday it'll be the late night with Chalky uh, U.S. Open. <laughs> right. Of course it will. I'm hoping it'll be on North Side though. <laughs> no, it won't. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Vans uh, continues their title sponsorship. Yeah. With oh, Vans definitely. They're, they're I gotta tell you, those guys. You got to give those guys so much credit for yeah. what, how they've done what they've done. It's yeah. masterful. Yes. And, not just that event and their other marketing vehicles like the duct tape event that they the Joel Tudor duct tape. How event. about the Vans Park Series and Skate? Park I mean, Series. They're yeah. one of the best all around marketers band. of action sports for sure right now. Yeah. yeah. But the show is not about Vans. <laughs> yeah. We love Vans. <laughs> yeah, we love Vans. Um, so man, that's that's amazing to hear. I mean, we know it that you you were the spearhead um proprietor of u.s open of surfing yeah but there were a lot of people you gotta you know the other people that deserve a lot of credit would be ian cairns for sure yeah because ian kanga kanga big wally was the uh contest director and then he ran u.s surfing which was the subsidiary business that we owned that had the license from the asp to sanction events in the u.s um we had the bud surf tour and we had the u.s open so we had that business um, so yeah, it was a team effort, yeah. you know, yes, somebody has to be the boss, but at the end of the day, it was a, you, Good so team. many people, a, a great team. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Richardson, who was the chief of the lifeguard department was a huge contributor to it. And Alan Gibby and his guys at Dynacom. I mean, really, yeah, it was a, it was cool. Yeah. Well, we are not, not you, but I worked for a number of years on the beach and on main street and we definitely saw, you know, the windfall of, of what that did for not only us, but the industry. Like, yeah. it shined a, a huge light in 
on Huntington Beach, but then surfing itself. You know, the other fun story that you guys probably heard when we talked that day at the Hall of Fame thing, but the icon for the U.S. Open. Yeah. Tom McElroy designed that. Tom oh, was sick. the same guy. It's that, Sonny Garcia, right? It's Sonny. Yeah. Yeah. Sonny's yeah. the silhouette, right? But it's so funny because I said to Tom at the time, it was probably 1993, I go, okay, Tom, here's a drawing of a... Of a, of a guy going around a curve on a motorcycle race. It's just like a quick line drawing, but you knew exactly what it was when you yeah. looked at it. And I yeah. go, can you design something like this that would, 25 years from now, people will look at it and they'll go, that's the US Open. Yeah. And we're laughing like 25 years from now. Yeah. It's still the same thing. Yeah, it's so still cool. the same icon, so. Tom McElroy is a freaking creative genius. The, Vol- the Volcom logo. Think <laughs> yeah. about that. And Willie couldn't pay him, so he yeah. gave him stock in the yeah. company. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad trade. Not a bad gig. I'm sure he's designed tons of logos that you know we probably don't know about. Yeah, yeah. Because didn't he work for O'Neill for a long time too? Yeah, and creative director at yeah. O'Neill. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done lots of stuff. He's, he's done well. He's a rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We love him. and an all-time great guy. So back to Brillo. So how did you get yeah after surfing and, and team managing where did you go? Well, um, yeah, that during my run of doing events for or doing team management for uh, Rusty, I actually wait. Let me let me pause real quick. Yeah. Speaking of Rusty, speaking of events, don't we have? The first C5 challenge. Oh, you're gonna give me like a, you're gonna give yeah. me a little pat on the I'm back. I'm gonna prop you up right now. I was I was gonna talk about that. Oh, you were yeah. okay. Yeah. Let's, let's let's because very innovative event. Yeah, and it was uh, about progressive surfing. Yeah, and the, the progressive format. But um, so when I was when I was doing the team management for Rusty for those number of years for ten years, I was also running their event program, and you know so we had the. Rusty uh, around America and the Rusty uh, Grom Fest um, that originally started in Australia and we took it over here in America and and then you know Rusty had this idea that you know this board design idea with the C5 with this these little side fins kind of gives the the board a little bit more juice um, and also it kind of feels like almost like a three a, you know four fin and a, and a thruster type combo. of feeling, combo, and um, and he wanted to do a C5 challenge, and PT and myself were going well. If we're going to do something, we got to do it at the best location, and yeah. it happened to be Lower's permit came available, uh, just for the one year, and uh, we were able to get in there and get that permit and and run it, and of course, yours truly right here, yeah, late night, late night, Woo! yeah, uh, took the win. Hey, yeah. if and you were to ask me or any of our friends who would win that contest, it wouldn't have been Jay, it right? It would have been late light. Yeah, <laughs> first round clown, that guy. So, and the way the format worked, it, it works at lowers. You know, we everybody got to surf twice. Yeah. And we took the best scores. Yeah. And, and then that best scores won. You yeah. know, it wasn't one of the traditional events where it progressively, you know, went from one round to the next, to the next, all the yeah. way to the final. Yeah. It, it, you would have four, say, quarterfinals. There's... 16 guys left you just took the top eight of the combined scores yeah. versus the guys in your heat and then the same in the semi and then the final very so similar to what around right rough. now at the freshwater pro exactly. yeah. you know yeah. where everybody gets so many times to surf and then they they accumulate their points and they, they it's one of the biggest that wins that late night has yeah. ever had 
For sure. I mean, one of the biggest I, purses, one of the biggest accolades. What was the purse, Jay? Uh, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, but ten went was to it twenty? It was twenty. But twenty or ten but went was to, 10 to the oh yeah. Ten the went shaper, to the shaper. Ten went to who yeah. was your shaper? Uh, Doc Jeff Doc Lauch. Yeah, Doc yeah, search prescriptions. Yeah. yeah, shout out to yeah. Doc. Yeah, yeah. amazing boy. Amber. Yeah, they cutest couple in. But um, I mean, everybody was in the event that it it was on. You know, current tour or past, or I mean, it was a pretty it was a heavy stack. What year was, was that? Heavy stacked lineup. That was 99. 99. <laughs> yep. Was it 99? I just got asked that a couple August days ago. 12, 1999. I don't know what month. It's August. <laughs> it was it, summer. There's no way no. it was 99. It was, it was 98? Uh, yeah, it was more like 95, 96 because <laughs> I, I left. I left. Um, I moved on. That's like five years. I was so vindictive well, on that. I just remember because in in 2000 I moved on right from Rusty and transitioned over to running events full time. Yeah, and and um, and we had another event at Blacks. Blacks there was another yeah. C5 challenge at Blacks the very following it was year. God, how did you get a permit at Blacks? Yeah, that was uh, John Sunt and uh, the surf team or the well, the, the college. Yes, nice. uh, worked it out with us, but. Um, so I believe it was 96 or right. 97. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then I just quoted somebody wrong the other day. That Maybe. Just hit yeah. me up. I'll, look, I'll look back. Yeah. And, and He's got it in a white notebook. Yeah. For sure he has it in a white yeah. notebook. So, um, so yeah. So, I, I, you know, that and along with um, uh, the city of Newport Beach, they were in our 31 years, right? So the, next year will be 32 years. I'll be running this event. And uh, when I was a team manager for, for Maui and Sons, Rich Richardson, he uh, was the marketing director for Maui and Sons back then, and he created this event with the city of Newport Beach as a recreational event. And he just handed it into my lap going, you're in charge of this, you're running it. I had no idea what. So it's a city contest. It's a city event. Okay. I had no idea what I was doing, but um, I actually had uh, Gaylene. Is that the one that Ruka Gaylene is? helped us from the NSSA, helped Gaylene me the first couple of years. But yeah, that's the the Ruka Pro Junior slash Which, City okay. event, and what it is today. Yeah, and and um, so that's how I learned how to run events. You know, all the way way back thirty one years ago, so crazy. and then wow. through the through the rusty years, are running their events, and then um, when PT left Rusty and he went back to the, went mag- back to the magazine, he calls me up and he's all, "Hey, I got something brewing." Anytime PT says, "Hey, I got something brewing," you gotta listen, yeah, because uh, you always want to be, you always want to be a part of whatever PT's got brewing, yeah, yeah. Because whatever he does, whatever he touches, turns into gold, yeah. You know, one of those guys. Yes, and um, so, so sure enough, you know, he's all, "Hey, um, we're, we're starting uh, this event division over here, and uh, we're gonna do this Vans Air Show series." Oh. And so I went over and I was in charge of the Vans Air Show series. Nice. And created a rule book, created the whole series. Um, it was like a 10 event series. It was pretty amazing. We did that for a number of years and then um, took over on the Body Glove Surf Bout at Lowers, the O'Neill Coldwater Classic. Um, I've turned the Newport event into a, a QS event. Um, it was a four-star one year, and and um, and just started 
getting into doing events. And then from there, you know, took on Rip Curl Grom Search, took on Oakley Surf Shop Challenge yep. series, and then took on all these other individual events, and it just kept going. If somebody yeah. wanted to hold a surf how, event, that was How many events are you? I do, I do about 35 events a year. A year. Wow. That's you know, nuts. there's no one better. Yeah. No. So it's it's fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a, I did the Rip Curl um, search event in San Francisco. So I ran the whole production there. That's the one that Gabriel won? That's the one Gabriel yeah. won. The, the, the year that Kelly won his title twice. Yeah. <laughs> back to back days. And, um, and that was part of the Quicksilver Pro in New York. Um, nice. I didn't run production, but I was part of that event as well. And uh, and then a number of year, a number of events to where I was, I'm either you know the contest director or I'm actually running all production. So yeah. it's fun. I love it. Yeah, I, I love what I do. You still I'm do very, it. I still do it. You're still running contests. Still doing events. You know, event director at the U.S. Open. Um, oh you shit! Know. We just call him for passes now. Yeah. Oh no, he just uh, you know. Yeah, he, I, he, he's I, like, I, oh, it's Brillo. Yeah, it's Mrs. Brillo that yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't answer my phone during. Uh, Damn it, no, dude! Just but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, fortunate enough to to be involved with all these great events, and uh, I love what I do. And yeah. but it's not an easy job. It's like fun. you, you have to dude. do a lot of traveling. You have to a lot of like manpower to set these events up and tear down and early early rising. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it is a lot of work, as you said, and yeah. and um, it, it's it's a so lot of sunscreen sunscreen on? fun. You gotta love it. Huh? Are you always lubed up with sunscreen? Oh yeah, I mean okay. I'm out. I mean, look at my face though; I'm all torn apart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's uh, you know it's you're on the beach all day long. You know, you you build your I build my office, you know, and whether it's a tent set up or a big huge infrastructure and you know and, and that's my office for that week on the beach for those of you who don't know who Prillo is he's I, I don't know you as well as Larson does but you're one of the hardest charging dudes that come from Newport Beach right is that yeah. safe to say yeah Prillo charges when you were talking about I was on the beach when he got one of his best Barrels at, at back door. <laughs> I think now, that was probably 96 or 95. You're rusty. 99. It was a rusty team. Best, best week of surf probably so, I, I could remember. Yeah. I, was, I was having a flashback of, of uh, us for Wyatt's uh, bachelor party. Mm. Uh, we went to Pemex plant yep. Yep. in Mexico. And, and I remember... You know, you guys were already there. You and Brillo, or you and um, Deffenbaugh were already there. And we pull up, and I'm like, doesn't look that good. And all of a sudden, Brillhart drops in on a bomb. It was pretty, it, was, it wasn't big, but it was good size. And you were the only one out. Shut up. You were ripping, you know, we're like, whoa, we're out there. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good waves down there. Yeah. yeah. So. Back to Bueno. Yeah. So Brillo and I have intersected a few times. So I came back into our world in 2003 when I got asked to take over the Action Sports Group, which was surfer and surfing and snowboarder and skateboarder in that group of magazines. And um, PT was still there. And so we we had some fun. We 
we're running. A, it was kind of the heyday when you think about it. 2006, the big issue of Surfer Magazine. Yeah. We put almost $1.2 million just in that one issue in advertising. Holy moly. We had an event division that Brillo was running with Sean Nielsen. We had the California Trifecta Series. Remember that? Yeah. We had Lowers, we had Newport, and we had Santa Cruz. Um, yeah, so it was pretty cool. So came God, back. We got to bring those things back, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Trifecta? Yeah, the trifecta was a California trifecta, and um, was it different sponsors for each contest? We had or? no, we had some non-endemic sponsors over the top of that whole mm-hmm. thing because you know at that point in time the Bud Tour had just Dissipated. disappeared. Yeah, and it, it was really you still had the East Coast Surfing Championships. We had we had the permits now at this point. There was a night. Well, I don't even know if Nike was sponsoring. There was a Lowers Four Star. It was before they even brought the CT down there. That yeah. was us. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was us. It was uh, Nike it, Lowers Pro. It was Oakley Pro. for a while, right? And it was the Oakley Lowers Pro. Yeah. After the Body Glove surf yeah. belt, after those days. Yeah, those guys bailed out. Um, so yeah, we we reconnected then, and then to kind of flash forward up until. January this year. Last year, I was asked to be on the board at the Surfing Heritage and Culture Center down in in San Clemente, which if you haven't had a chance to check it out, it's really worth yeah. doing. So I checked it out. It's pretty sick. Shack.org. Um, we call ourselves the Smithsonian of Surfing. Yeah. And one of our challenges is keeping our membership vibrant and young. Like it's that's a that's all of our history back there. Yeah. But pulling the thread through to today because the mags don't exist anymore. Really, I mean, they're Surfers Journal, but not much else. Yeah. And everything's there's no regularly scheduled surf programming on TV. With respect to the WSL, they're not really telling the stories. They're telling some stories, but yeah. they're not connecting it back to the roots. Yeah. So it's really hard if you don't know and you don't care. So I called Brillo, who I found out was the commissioner of the West Coast Board Riders, and I thought, God, here are all these young kids that are surfing on these clubs, it would be great to just give them a membership to Surfing Heritage. And that might be a way we could start to get some more email addresses and start to, yeah. you know... Uh, keep the circle going. Keep the circle going. Because, yeah. you know, you really do have to pull the thread through. And he goes, well, yeah, that's a good idea, but what are you doing right now? So, <laughs> and then we started talking about West Coast Board Riders. Because they need somebody to man the ship. We need, yeah. we need, yeah. we need a driver of this thing. Well, I, I think it's one of those things that's such a good idea that you need seasoned veterans to take it to the next level, right? That, that have done it and can do it again. Right? Well, what's so great about it is that it's a great team. And for me personally, to have a partner like Brillo, who you just know when he says he's going to do it a certain way, it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's, you, you have no doubt in your mind that it's going to be an A-plus product which makes it so much easier than when you want to bring a potential sponsor or a partner down and they're going to see something great. Um, so that to me is a So we huge, have to thank Brillo hell yeah, you for do. getting Bueno into the West Coast Board Riders. Brillo and Bueno. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, the guys, I mean, you got... Casey Wheat and Ziggy, and, you know, they've got Sport of Kings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really their idea with Chris Moreno, yeah. who's their partner, mm-hmm. uh, to create the Huntington Beach Board Riders Club. Yeah. yeah. We were there. We were yeah. there when they talked about it and then launched it, and we were there at the very beginning of... Yeah, well, there was, like, and, three and, HB clubs. It was going to be, yeah. like, South HB, Pier, and then, and then yeah, Bolsa. Bolsa. And then... <laughs> 
you know, we didn't realize the response of how how quick how quick it was accepted. It and people wanted to be a part of it. I haven't ever seen anything like this it's, before. It's, so then Wellesie and Mikey up and yeah, so like, they get all fired it. up, yeah. and then Brillo and Grant get fired up in Newport, and then Boothy and those guys get fired up in Laguna, and all of a sudden now you have a movement and. Yeah. We're at 14 clubs now yeah. in three years. Yeah. And there's definitely other clubs that should happen, right? Like and will eventually. I yeah. Right. Malibu is in the works? Yeah. There's yeah. a conversation going on right now with the right people in Malibu yeah. about that. Um, uh, we, talking we're talking to, to Rob Kelly and Kevin back in on the East Coast. Yeah. And we're going to do our all-star event again, and we've invited an East Coast team to come compete. That'll cool. be next March. Yeah, and, and that's already starting to really catch catch on over there too. Yeah, yeah. With the especially yeah. in the in the Jersey zone. Yeah, Rob Kelly is is uh, yeah he's all fired up. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that are fired up. It's just. It's 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 tough over there because it's so spread out. Yeah, it's it's not like here where the communities are really tight. Yeah, and uh, and really easy to manage. Um, is it? Is, are people in Florida starting to do anything yet? Or? Yeah, I mean we've had discussions. We actually uh, had um, you know during some of the events when I'm out there already, we had uh, Chris Marino come out and and we all you know talked amongst you know a lot of the key people have a lot of influence out there in florida and over on the east coast and and there they got fired up but it's just just it's weird what it what it i think what it did here on the west coast it it took an event to spark things so so back in 2016 um seal beach competed against huntington right i mean you guys know that you guys were there um and and that sparked for 2017 to where Laguna and Newport wanted to join in. And I remember the, the, the battle that we had in 2017 between the four clubs. That was fun. That was, that was an event that I actually wasn't working. I actually got to enjoy um, coaching our team to victory, by the way, because we won by like 40 points. <laughs> And uh, it's probably it's really the only one that we can claim. Yeah. And um, but but uh, um, yeah, I mean the ways were good. Everybody had so much fun, and it really just sparked the movement. And and then you know other other towns and cities wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And uh, and then as it as it went on, 2018 was our actually real season where we actually had rankings you know we had the north division we had the south division we had five clubs in both divisions yeah. six ten all together 12 we had uh was it six and six yep oh it's uh, yeah six and six and and it was um i mean it was it was insane yeah you know? yeah it's become something yeah well and it's really something when you look at at it from the perspective of what so, so the surf industry yeah. has gone through a radical transformation, and it's probably there was a point in time where a Quicksilver branded T-shirt or a Billabong branded T-shirt or Volcom in Middle America at the buckle is going to sell and it's going to drive these giant, you know, these giant revenue numbers. I'm not sure that f- you know non-surfing fashion is being driven by surf anymore, but there's never been more people surfing. Yes. And this is as close to grassroots community engagement and involvement as you can get. It gets kids off their phones. It gets families together. It's multi-generational. It's a day at the beach. And now the 
good clubs, the ones that are, they're all good, but the ones that have the right volunteers behind them and really engaged people. Community. You should see what Santa Cruz does, you guys. Oh, you should yeah. see what HB is doing and what ED is doing in Dana Point and what Desi and those guys are doing in Oceanside. Yeah. It's so impressive. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's cool because, you know, Late Night and I have been talking about West Coast Board Riders pretty much every episode, you know, where... Is that because you're the official podcast partner of West Coast Board <laughs> uh, You know, it might have helped. Even too. before that, yeah. though. No. Truth be told, even before that. And, you know... We're just excited we're as fans, but also to be, you know, a competitor, although Lennon's still scared <laughs> to put the jersey on. Um, I don't know. He served pretty good he in rips. Yeah. He rips. Like, like, what do you think of the tag team format? I mean, of the, of the competition format. It's awesome. It's really fun, isn't yeah. it? It's fun. I mean... I mean, the so, competition side, anybody loves competition, but when you could get, you know, past pros like me and Brillo, who probably would never put on a jersey ever again, yeah. we'll put it on for this yeah. just because you want to be a part of your community, your team, yeah. and you want to share. Plus, you got kids that are And you want to share that rip. stoke with all the generations. Yeah. Well, and, and take a look up and down the coast. You got Rufo up and, and Flea and all the guys in Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. Rapogel and. Yeah. He's recovering. And Wellesley's got a kid that's going to be ripping. Mikey Riley's got a kid that's going to be ripping. You know, and then you go further south and you take a look at what, you know, Vinny's surfing in Dana Point and you've got, you know, Taylor and got Boothy in in Laguna and Matt Archibald and Archie in San Clemente. Yeah, that San Clemente team's pretty stacked. stacked. You were talking about how the surf industry has changed. Has changed and there's way more people surfing but then the industry is not as healthy as it yeah. was, right? But I, it's really weird that there was even a thing called the surf industry. You know, it was it was a moment in time where surf was driving culture, mm-hmm. and it's not really doing that anymore. I mean, more people are surfing, and certainly the WSL hopes that they can drive culture. Yeah. But it's really hard to convince me, personally, that you can attract a lot of non-surfers to watch surfing on television. Yeah. Well, I think there's a couple different things that I wanted to talk about, like what's helping the surf industry. Yeah. I think, first and foremost, West Coast board riders, the future East Coast board riders, that's going to attract a lot more surfers and kind of invigorate surfing in general, right? Well, certainly going to help save our culture. Yeah, yeah. That there's that's that's that, and that's and more then, local and community driven. But on the big picture, it all it's all relevant. You know, like what's but Santa Cruz is doing up in up there versus down here. Like everybody's feeding off each other. Yeah, and, and that bridges those gaps so, from that disconnect between towns and and people. And then the, the next thing that is amazing that's happening is like World Surf League is I think doing an insane job, right? Like. They're putting a lot of money. They're creating a lot of content. The places that they 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 have contests are the best places in the world, you know. And I think they've elevated the production and just the product they're putting the out. The product is beautiful. It's beautiful. I still think that there is that they haven't quite gotten the encryption key right, you know, in terms of letting it all fall into place. How do you, so? What's the viewing imperative? For a non-surfer to watch a surf contest or even surf contest coverage on TV, like why do you watch a sports? Why, why do you watch any sports event? 
because you know who the players are, you have a rooting interest in a player yeah. or a team, or with the in the case of say basketball or football or yeah. swimming or something, you've at least got some experience having done it or tried to do it. Yeah. So you have some ability to to understand how difficult that thing is or how skilled those guys are that are yeah. doing that. But if you've never surfed and you've never been in the water and you don't understand kind of all of that. Yeah, the, I mean, to watch a real pro surfer take off on an eight-foot wave at Pipe and understand that that takeoff zone's about this big. Yeah. I mean, it's tiny. And where they have to sit under yeah. the lip to catch that wave and then what they do to drop in, one yeah. wave pretty much looks like another wave if you don't if you've never yeah. done it. And that to me is where the opportunity exists is to give people a reason to care. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and, 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 and so you can have, I mean, the production Jed doesn't, I mean, the production at the WSL is beautiful, Yeah, yeah. but you've got to create a connection. If you're going to make it work financially, it's got to be a much bigger audience. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. That's the, that, that's the magic. That's the, I don't know how to do that, but from, from what we've come from yeah. in prior years to oh, yeah. what they're doing now, yeah. Dude, hats off. You can always get better. You can, you can always, always get better. Tune, but, but, and, I, and when you but, talk but, about, I, but for you, for us who love surfing, yeah. and we see what they're doing, oh my God, it's a gift. It's, it's yeah. a gift. Don't get me wrong, please. Yeah. I don't want you to think that I'm being bagging on the SWSL because no, I'm no. not. I'm saying that understanding the commercial side of the equation, yeah. that business doesn't scale if they're only attracting surfers for sure. to watch it. You got to get. You got to transcend just for surfers, sure. and so what's the reason that people are going to care? Yeah. And we got to find. I mean, all right, you build wave pools all over the place, so and get people that, to stop that's surfing. That's the next thing, right? Yeah. Like, that's why they're popping up all over the place. Hell yeah! Uh, that's the next thing that's happening. <laughs> that you know, wave pools. You know, they're gonna change middle America or middle nowhere. You know, middle of nowhere. Well, it's it's to get you know up close and personal with the action and you could you could get up close and personal in in a hey i need another drink or they've got cater you know like well, the, the experience you, you finally know, have a reason it. to go to waco yeah <laughs> and, yeah but isn't waco the better isn't waco the better viewing experience if you're a real surfer to watch what happens at waco and watch the variability of the waves and see how the people react to the different conditions i mean then the, surf ranch the surf ranch it's the same thing over and over and over again and i mean at some point you kind of yeah. yeah i i think it's it's neat though that you can have that both. i think you have both that. are both are awesome but you know coming yeah back to your point of surf ranch does it get a little repetitive and it's kind of like kind of more calculated and you kind of know what they're going to do yeah. Versus, you know, you get a little bit more spont spontaneous at, at Waco. I, I think for guys, I surfed Waco and I ran an event there a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Rip Curl. Uh, Rump Search. Rump Search National Championships. And I've never been to, um, Kelly's. to Kelly's Pool yet, but... Um, oh, you. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? I don't know. I, I, I think we have Maybe we should have a West Coast Board Riders specialty event up there. Please or, or do. At least, maybe the official podcast partners should be able to come up there. What do you think? Yeah. Yes, sir. At least a day at the pool. But but um, I think that pool is more for guys like us to go and enjoy the day and, and get some of the best waves of our lives, yeah. you know, in, in a pool environment. Um, but for Waco, it's more it, it's more of competitively um, inclined because the wave is is a little shorter it offers different sections sections and you can change the wave 
you know, I mean, you can change the wave and do they do it in the control yeah, tower? Yeah, they, 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 they have a lifeguard tower, and the guy controls can, it right there. They can control hey, whatever setting you want. Come on. Yeah, you, you, want, you want the, the, crazy. the double, they, double set or the triple set? Do you want the air set or do you want the slab? Like, yeah. they just call it out. Like, which one do you want? And, and so, um, <laughs> so we, you know, we ran off uh, the setting. It's called, actually, they called it, like, the Grom Search setting because it was based off, like, the lower setting. That's that's really the main setting where three waves in a row go off, but, yeah. they, but they're so quick. So you'll, they, they, three people will be riding at the same time, basically, because the waves are five seconds apart. So judging-wise, we needed separation. So when one person kicks out, and then the next person goes, and then the next person on those three wave sets. And so they created a longer, a, a longer dwell time is what yeah. they call it. And then, and then a, a minute dwell before the next three waves come up. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the wave itself, it offers each, diff, each wave, one, two, and three, offer a little bit different. Um, and and, it, and it's, it's a little challenging. It's it has, very challenging. And, and it offers, you know, uh, maneuvers, barrels, and um, errors. Okay. Which is more, a little bit more exciting. Okay. I, I'm kind of almost ready to drink the Kool-Aid, but I do have one question. <laughs> yeah. Are there any homegrown wave pool surfers at this point in time that would be able to paddle out at Six Foot Huntington on a, you know, when it's pumping? No. And know where to sit? No. And know what to do? So no, and, and, and so and how do we reconcile that? And I'm not. And well, I, it's uh, too early for that. But but but, I, but you you know the you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying in five years you're going to have a group of people who have learned to surf in a wave pool, and they're going to come to the ocean for the very first well, time, and that's going to be a mystery. Well, you look at you're going to have you, a Rick Gillen situation yeah. exactly. Well, you yeah. look at you look at Kelly Slater or anybody Lisa Anderson or the Hobgoods, anybody that came the Lopez brothers who came out of Florida. Yeah, and they didn't surf probably the first five years of their life over a shoulder high wave. Unless they start traveling, and just like anybody, you get good, yeah. you're going to start traveling. So you're not going to just have only wave pool experience, although you might get your but, start there. But you, you might get your love. Yeah. You know, you might get inspired, and then you're going to start going. I just, I, I guess what I'm saying is I wonder if, and it's not either good nor bad, I just yeah. wonder if you miss something by not having that experience of being in the ocean. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, Mother Nature, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 the currents, the swell, the, the physique that you have to. I mean, you do paddle a little bit, but not nearly what you well, would well, in the real ocean. That's what makes because it is event, all about the. That's physique. what makes yeah. each of event, <laughs> each different event super exciting because you don't know what type of wave is going to come in. Yeah. You don't know what they're going to do on that wave. Yeah, yeah. And and that's the excitement level. Yeah. You know, but um, also you because there's so many wave opportunities, they're taking more risk too. You know, on on the waves. You know, they're at Waco versus, you know, the, the, the surf ranch. Yeah. You know, there's not as much downtime. They know it could get, hey, I fumbled that one two minutes later. I'm on another one two minutes later. You know, like it's very nimble as far as catching a lot of waves. So what do you guys think? I have a question because you guys have kids coming yeah. up, right? Yours are grown and moving on. <laughs> but you've got kids and mine are grown and gone. Like, what do you think? How are the kids feeling about surfing? Now, I mean, I see these kids at these West Coast Board Riders events, and they're frothing. They're yeah. stoked. Yeah. Are you seeing frothing. it? I got an 11-year-old, and he's frothing. Yeah. He yeah. wants. She's checking Surfline every morning. Like, Dad, can we go tomorrow morning? Like, what's the waves like? What's it going to be like this weekend? Like, it's all he he has a surfing game on his phone. And he's like, dude, watch this air to like, 
They're they're the same game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm 54. Yeah. No, this the stoke is stoke is still there. I just hope that there's a, you know, whether the kids end up going to be professional or not. I, I just hope that there's, you know, the involvement at the community or you know amateur level. That's there st- still gives them that chance to kind of push themselves on the competitive side as well as like yeah. you know go around and travel because I don't, I don't My, know there's. My daughters aren't surfers. Yeah. They like surfing, but I've been my my older daughter has joined the surf club at Sours, and so far she's been amped and going. But when it gets cold, she'll probably stop. Yeah. But she's into it, yeah. you know. And um, hopefully, I can get them because they're always busy on the weekends doing, you know, dance or soccer or whatever. Oh. But I'd love to have them at at the at one of the events to see what you know what the kids are doing what the girl surfers are doing yeah but yeah i think surfing with the kids it's definitely you know the electronic phone ipad age has taken it away from that the the spirit of surfing but the the kids that are into surfing are into surfing i think there's something that happens when you catch that like everybody remembers their first wave that yeah. they caught on an unbroken face of a wave, and yeah. you actually had that feeling. Yeah, that's still an that's still a thing for a, a kid gets that experience. Yeah. Yeah. That has to change them some, I think. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple things I wanted to bring back around. So you know the exciting things about surfing right now, right? Yeah, West Coast board riders yep, for sure. Wave, wave pools. pools. Yep. Um, Olympics. Olympics. I mean, that's going to be. God, I hope there's surf. I hope there's surf, yeah. but I mean that. Hats off to hats off to Fernando Fernando yeah. for making that happen. Oh yeah, and I, you know, cross our fingers it it, it um, all you know all the elements come together. But man, that's a huge step for surfing, you know. And skateboarding. so, and what skateboarding and skateboarding. I sure hope yeah. skateboarding gets their act together before then, man. That would be really good to see them figure out the format and the qualifying and yeah. how that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, an exciting time for, yeah. but it's really funny when you think about go all the way back to the beginning. Let's just go back to the beginning of Fuel TV, 2003. Yeah. There was one sport that Fuel put on the air that was in the Olympics, and it was snowboarding, right? Yeah. Didn't it get in in 98? I think. Not sure. 99. 99. 99. <laughs> Whatever year it was. It, I think it was like around 98 because we had a rusty team rider <laughs> in the Olympics, Tommy Shishin. Oh. It, was in to- it was in in Japan that year, and I think snowboard. I, I think that was the first year. Yeah. And now of the core sports that Fuel TV started with, surf, skate, snow, and BMX. and BMX, there's five sports. So twin tip, you know, skiing is in. Yeah. Snowboarding is in. Surfing, skate, and the gravity side of mountain biking—it's pretty crazy. Yeah, how this has all come around. It's yeah. going to be really exciting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it was so neat. I mean, everybody loves the Olympics, but you know, like, it's such a you know, there's so many events, there's so many things, and you know, you're just into it to root on them. You know, your your country or whatever. Maybe you might like that sport, but for this next generation of youth, I mean, you know, everything like you said, the last twenty years has been like nothing but elevating those five sports that you just talked about. Like, they didn't get any coverage, they didn't get anything, you know, they were never on TV. 
Yeah. You know? Like, now it's it's front and center. Like, everywhere. X Games, Mountain Dew Tour, like... Here it comes. You know, the, the sur- you know, surfing, you know, it's spotty here and there, but... To see, but it's kind of cool all of that being elevated at the Olympic level is insane. It's kind of cool to be flat flipping through the dial and get onto Fox Sports Two, and there's there's the event from from Bali, yeah, yeah, from Karamas, and you're like, it's on television. It's yeah. like the old days, but it's live. I was, I was at the airport at uh, Oakland, and I, and I was getting a drink, and I look up, and I'm like, holy shit, you know, it's freaking. Uh, it's when uh, what's her name? She won it. She got a 10 on her last yeah. race. Uh, Steph yeah, Gilmore. Stephanie Gilmore. I was like looking. I'm like, whoa, it, it's pumping. And it's Stephanie Gilmore. And she freaking stalls, gets barreled, and comes out and bashes the lip. And you're like, and you're in Oakland. And she know? rips. And she <laughs> rips. So here we are. The two Bueno and Brillo West Coast Board Riders Clubs. Um, should we talk about the format, like to let people know how it works? Or yeah, I mean, we could touch a bit on the format, and then also we just had our opening season events for both for all three Southern, Central, and Northern divisions. So yeah. we can talk a little bit about that That'd too. Be awesome. yeah. And who, what team right now is looking like uh, the team to beat at Lower Trussell's when we get to the finals yeah. uh, next that year and at Lower in May? But, the best um, wave in California. Yeah. Arguably. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the time of year and what location. And Consistently. Consistently. Yeah. That's, and probably the most photogenic wave that yeah. we've got in high performance. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, the format is, is you know, it's straight off the tag team format. And, uh, you know, the teams consist of 28 surfers. There's seven divisions, four surfers per each of those divisions. We have the 14 and under, the 15 to 19, the 20 to 29, the 30 to 39, the 40 to 49, and the girls of all ages. And, and 50 plus. And the 50 plus as well. I'm in that division. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also, um, we're allowing, since the girls only have the one division, we're allowing the girls, if they uh, want to surf in their age group division, they can also surf in their age group division. But they would have to choose either the girls division or that age group division. Yeah. So with the event um, in the South, Katie Simmers surfed in the boys 14 and under. It was now just the 14 and under, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it just opens things up for the girls and also opens up for the clubs that may have a handful of girls, but maybe not, uh, you know, uh, many in the in one certain division. Yeah, it's not necessarily a, a men or boy division. It's just a division. Age. A division age. of age. Yeah. yeah, division of age. So so we've gotten all kinds of feedback and input. Of course, everybody's got an opinion. And uh, sitting with some guys that are talking about starting a club this last week, um, the feedback was, well, we really think the way you should do it is you should um, add a, you know, a 60 plus. So it should be, you know, 14 and under, 15 to 19, 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60 plus. And when we go off the air, I'll tell you who it was that thought it should be 60 plus. <laughs> and, and the way you get gender inclusivity is that you have at least one girl surfing on every, in every heat of every division. Hmm. And I'm like, that's going to be tough for a really lot of clubs. Tough. Like every club, where are you going to find a 60-plus woman to surf in every club? That's going to be really, really hard because girls, when I was growing up, yeah. didn't 
surf, there's way really. more surfers now that well, are girls, but, but they're, they're all under, younger. But they're but, under 30. Yeah. I mean, come on, yeah. really, at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think that may slide in favor to some clubs versus like, hey, you you could put a girl in every division if that's what you, you, you guys have the talent. That's yeah, fine, so, but I, I, it should be by age. So to get back on the format, oh, so sorry. so that's all right. So <laughs> so each each uh, heat in each division they're an hour long. Oh. So let's say if we have five clubs competing, there's going to be five people, five surfers will be in the water. Um, we implemented uh, priority um, hmm. for the first time this year. Actually, we did it in the, the finals last year because Huntington was super small, and it worked out really well. And guys really like it so we're going to continue to do priority Um, so the heats start where everybody's in their box and their team clubs tents and then uh, it's an hour long heat so they go out there and they're allowed to catch three waves and one wave counts towards the overall point total so they don't have to ride all three waves they can come in after one wave or two waves or ride all three waves come in tag and then we actually have a referee that stands right there, and he's he's blowing the whistle when the proper tags. And once they tag, and then the next person goes out, and he repeats the process all the way to the fourth guy. And the fourth guy, at the end, needs to be in the box before the time expires, um, or they get the team gets a five-point deduction for yeah. that division and that time lot. And, and that's where the fun begins, you know, because you have to manage your time. Yeah. And... Uh, and then each each uh, division, you can have a whammy surfer. So the double whammy surfer is uh, a surfer that will choose whatever wave after the wave is ridden. If he wants to double whammy that wave, he has to hold two hands above his head, and he gets double the points. And and then it's usually the best surfer of the bunch. Yeah, usually the best surfer yeah. of the bunch. And um, and so that adds to the point total. So the the biggest point total that you can get if everybody got perfect tens is going to be a 50 and i've seen probably the largest point total is a 40 point point total and that was by san clemente this year so there we have a lot of records that we're starting to break uh, make and break yeah but we're we're keeping tabs on all these records that's cool uh, it i mean these records are pretty cool yeah right now the highest point total after all those seven divisions go off because we accumulate all the points right uh uh, is 244 points held by san clemente um the year prior to that was 220 at santa cruz so that is one record right there another record is uh that santa cruz holds right now is the most (laughs) wins at division wins like consistent it's nine right division wins yeah and it was up to it was nine and then men's 50s up to the men's 50s because you know last year they had you know a um, seven, and then they got a couple more wins for this this event, and then <laughs> the fifties unfortunately came up short, so they have to start the record over again. But it, it's just a lot of fun, yeah. You know, um, it's, it's a blast. And in some some formats, I finally like, got to surf my my uh, first one, Lar. It was a special event, but I did get to surf my first one. So awesome. some so we tweak the formats a little bit depending on the surf, and we also tweak it a little bit like. Santa Cruz, you know, the tagging, obviously you're not running up the rocks and hanging <laughs> up on the cliff. So we release the guy that, that'll sit in the water right there. So when they come in, release him to paddle out. Churches is the same way when that's low tide um, on the rocks. And uh, so we make some tweaks along the way, yeah. depending on how the way is and the location. 
But it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And the first open season events, San Clemente right now is looking like the team to dominating. Yeah. They're dominating. I mean, they have uh, they put up their their first stringers. Yeah, you know, their they girls have, dropped to thirty eight. Yeah, they're they're fifteen to nineteens. You know, with Cole Hauschman and Cade Matson and Jet Chilling and those guys. I mean, they put up um, a forty point point total. Yeah, you yeah. know, in that division. I don't Crazy. think I like them that much. Yeah. <laughs> then they got Archie, you know, the the older They guys. got Big Deluxe. He, they got, oh, their 30s. Gadaskis Brothers oh and Nate Yeomans. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> There's their team right there. And Chris Ward. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Screw Pat this. couldn't serve any. He's, he's, you know, doing, he was traveling around. But so we had, you know, Tanner and um, Chris Kobay- Ward. Kobayashi Kid. Yeah. 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 And Shaw. Those all those guys are rippers, man. Yeah. So they you could go in what did Kleine say? You could go into a seven eleven in San Clemente and pull somebody out from behind the counter and he'd get a Probably. Nine. <laughs> so they're yeah. they're looking good. Um, you know, Newport, we won uh the central division by a point. And wow. uh but that was that, that That's was because of you, Brillo. We no no. It was <laughs> we were had a thirty point lead going into the yeah. final two rounds they and we blew up. a thirty point lead and Hats off to Huntington because they not the forty. I suck. They did. Well, they did really well to get back in contention. Were you? Were, did you have the flu? No, I was. I piled out, and our, he was just as high tide peak, and oh. I, I was the fourth guy out, and just the clock ran out before like a real wave came, and I had late nights very photogenic. Yeah. I had to scramble or get deducted five, and I had that happen before. You weren't riding a C five. No. So. And then late, late night is known for being a photogenic surfer, not a competitive surfer. And then Santa Cruz, good shot. Santa Cruz, <laughs> the lack of surf. Uh, Santa Cruz board riders uh, beat everybody by seventy-six points. That's a that's a, that's a record. <laughs> they, it, they crushed it, and yeah. and there's several of their uh, riders that didn't even get to ride waves because of the inconsistency. You know, it went down to like the third or fourth surfer, and they didn't even enter the water. But it happened um, for a lot of their uh, their yeah. other. You should clubs. have seen how diplomatic Brillo was when we were having that captain's meeting to talk about whether we should run or not. Because you you rocked up and you're like, I don't know if yeah. there's enough waves. And, yeah. And then we called it on, and there was a set right away. And we're like, okay, maybe this is going to work out. Nervous Nelly sitting over here was like. I don't know. I don't know. And then about an hour and a half later, I saw you. You're like, I'm really glad we ran it because yeah. there were and there everybody were was too. Yeah. Well, it's 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 an awesome thing, you know, but it, it takes a lot of money, right? Like everyone's kind of supporting themselves to be part of this. Well, think about what it means for the South Bay to rally. First of all, rally 28 surfers. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And then get everybody up there, find a place to stay, feed everybody, yeah. show up, and then the waves are like. Yeah, yeah, a little bit light in yeah. the frequency but, department. But um, you're going to get that with any contest, right? You, yeah. You just never know. But I think though, this particular contest, it's worth it. It's it's a different kind of vibe. But I'll tell it's you, when you go to that that the, first of all, Santa Cruz is an amazing host. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. Yeah. The after after the event at Burdell's and. And the, the kegs and the food and the music and like the So we go to this place called the Reef Bar with Puno Hawaiian Grill and they have an entertainment and it's just unreal. And you got everybody's together loving it. And you know, we give out every team 
gets to name an MVP. Yeah. So we have trophies for that. Yeah. And then the Santa Cruz guys come up and they get the cup and it everyone was stoked for them. Yeah. There was not a bitter face in the whole yeah. place. Yeah. It was awesome. It's a different thing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, surfing's individual and like, you know, you watch the you know, whether it's the C T or amateur and it's all about me, me, me or him, him, him or her, her, her. And then, you know, you get that aspect of this because everybody's in you know, everybody wants to perform, but the fact that you don't want to let your team down, the fact that you're surfing with your peers and you got the, the, the youth and like this, the camaraderie between all of the like age groups is awesome. Yeah. Well, like nobody's leaving the beach like, oh, I surfed my heat, I'm out of here. You're there from like first heat to last heat and you're stoked the whole day. Right? You're stoked the whole day. Yeah. And you talk, to the, you talk to guys that come from places where there might have been some divides like the east side, west side thing in Santa Cruz. Yeah. yeah. It was on the wane anyway, but it doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk to Mikey and, and Wellesie about Seal Beach, and they'll tell you that it changed the entire fabric of the surfing culture in Seal yeah. Beach. Yeah. It's really cool to see this happening. Well, it, it bridges the gap between the young generation and the older generation. Yeah. Um, and, and then the older generation get to kind of teach the younger generation in a real good, positive well, yeah. way. And, and um, I don't know, I, I see that for our club, yeah. Newport. Yeah, I mean, Huntington. It's like that everywhere. And it bridges the gap. Gap between you know commu- surf communities, town to town. Well, that's so, right. Yeah, you were really saying you know, West Side and East Side and Santa yeah. Cruz and stuff. But like, I mean, our crew and the Huntington Club. You got you know Brandon Gilmet, Brett Simpson, Danny Nichols, Jeff Deffenbaugh, myself, and we're all just like you know trying to inspire and get these kids and run workouts. It might not be a full team workout, but hey, let's and to get that kind of experience for these kids i mean there's only very few mm-hmm. youth who parents can afford private coaching and or have the time to go video their kids and you know really work on elevating their their you know their surfing ability or or just you know competitive game plan and when they're in the club it's everybody gets whatever help they want if they they choose yeah and then that's what's cool you know like get you know Brett Simpson to like kind of give you like a pointer here or there yeah and he's stoked to do it, you know. Oh, he's Brillo. stepping up. Yeah, bro. I mean, all these guys are donating their time, <laughs> and they're investing in like you know, like I said, their their community. Yeah. You know, and the and the restaurants, the the food, you know, bonsai bowl. We love you, Joe. Yeah. You oh, know, caliente. We love you, Heather and Lane. Like we sure do. I mean, Ola Clip. Ola Clip. We Ola love Clip. Ola Clip. Yeah. Cliff bars. Cliff bars. We love Cliff bars. Free Surf Magazine. Free Surf Mag. 24-hour Tron. Yeah. So, and then I was just at Jack's Dana Point today, and and, and on one of their T-shirt racks was the Dana Point, you know, West Coast Board Riders, and they had a they had a whole stack of tees, oh, so you sick. could go get your your team products at whatever surf shop sponsor that they're partnering up with, and that's awesome too. Yeah. So, what about late night with Chalky? What are What's the plan for world domination? Uh, you know, after this episode, I'm sure we're just going to skyrocket up uh, <laughs> quite, a, quite a few. Yeah, we're going to go dominate yep. the the podcast world. Yeah, now, we've boy. been having a lot of fun. We've gotten a lot of good guests, and we got a lot coming down the pipeline, and it's just about, you know, juggling our work schedules as he's a rep for Outer Known, I'm a rep for Ruka and our families and, you know, involvement and um it's been amazing. It's been organic and yeah. amazing. And we're over the moon talking to you guys and, and being the official podcast partner for West Coast Board Riders. It's going to be 
fun to to help promote and how cool was that when you guys came to the after party at at, at the boathouse and oh sick. And, and you got to talk how stoked were those kids yeah yeah they all were gathered around and and just were you know I mean, it's not yeah. often they get to. I wish we could do that us. every single event. You yeah. Know? yeah, maybe We're we gonna... need to find a correspondent yeah. to like do interviews mm-hmm. after the event and send them to you, and then you can like do an update. Splice after. them in. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. You, you're gonna have to learn how to be better though, splicing shit. Totally. And being we're, able to hook totally. Up. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're open to all kinds of ideas, and if we this could get is down. Not my- Computers aren't my forte. <laughs> but if we could get down to all the events, or at least do recaps and stuff like we planning, and and you know, yeah. again. Promote each individual club. We talked about like interviewing, you know, the yeah, and have the clubs the send us info that yeah. we can talk about. You know, yeah. what's going I'll, on? I'll reach out to them again and, and say, hey, you I'll know. put you on the. I got we got to send a group email out, and I've got to update the website. There's yeah. a lot of things, but you know, our whole thing is supporting community and local um, businesses and stuff that's affected. Whether it's you know the sponsor for the team, but like the sh- you know the shaper, whoever's hosting, yeah, yeah. you know who's giving back and. You know, we have a membership, and you could be friends of, or you could be a, a competitor, and you know, just getting people to be aware of how to join and come down to the events and yeah. and participate. So we need to we need to put the calendar, you know, up and, and promote the calendar uh, of the events a little bit more. You know, what we yeah. should do. This is really what we should do. We should figure out how to embed the audio player in our website. And have late night with chalky episode that you can listen to it on westcoastboardwriters.com. There you go. We'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a kid that um, we know that used to work at Hunting Surf and Sport with us, Chase Newsom. He he's the one that's been helping us on the site on on our website. Cause we're I don't know any of that shit. You don't know any of that shit. We just know but, how to talk and look good. Yeah, we're just cool dudes on the microphone. No shit. <laughs> microphone. Um, but I mean, no, we're excited. Like Lynn said, it's been organic and, you know, we want to try to promote, you know, small business owners to maybe entrepreneurs to past pros, current pros, maybe aspiring pros. We want to get some of these youth. That's a whole market of, you know, podcasts is definitely kind of, you know, boomed this last like few years. Yeah. And I feel like these kids super tech, you know, privy and they could take something away from some of the interviews that we have on these, you know guys that aspire to be pro surfers, you yeah. know, they were loving and they had a passion, but they ended up starting another company and it, they might've not gone down the, the industry route, but you know, here they are still passionate about surfing. Mo- most often than not, they're like, I just work so I could just get on my next surf trip. Like more, it's almost like every conversation is, you know, yeah. I work, 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 and then I want to go on this surf trip and that surf trip. And that's essentially what our life's about. Yeah, How do we balance work and family, family and, and, and spend as much time in the water as possible yeah so that's not us. easy well it's not easy i'd like to like 10 years from now yeah as as the west coast board riders east coast board riders hawaii board riders the whole u.s board riders yeah and the late night as as it grows um with ten, chalky yes with chalky. <laughs> like to see like 10 years from now we come back on and see how see how this thing is oh yeah oh, we're gonna have to do yeah we're, we're you know, i mean do every year and you know every year we're hoping to add more clubs eventually east coast and eventually hawaii and eventually yeah. you know yeah it, t- it took uh i don't know uh australia's been doing it for what 50 decades. years <laughs> decades 50 and yeah. 50 odd, odd years and and um 
and it's amazing over there. And yeah. you know, when you when you have the McFannings and the Parkos and all that have, have all gone up through their clubs. Yeah. And uh, since they're a little kid, and um, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing to see all that. And and I I can't wait, you know, for that to happen here over in America. Yeah, I can't sure. wait to see can't a wait. kid gonna be come awesome. through West Coast Board Riders and make it onto the CT. Yeah. To me, that will be a mark that we did something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and for sure it's inevitable, yeah. you know. It's a that's a foregone conclusion. That's gonna happen because yeah. it's already happening. I just I would love to see a way that a kid could do it and not have to be on an airplane thirty five weeks a year to qualify. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It'd be good if there was a way. I mean, if there's a way we could figure out how to get a QS series. Are they calling them challenger events now? The ten thousands. I think that's Not, what they're doing. Well, they they I mean, made an announcement yesterday that they changed the rank. The I think there's these new challenger events. Mm. It'd be really cool if we could figure that out in the U.S. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well here's the two guys that can do it. Yeah. <laughs> bueno and Brillo. The BBs. Thanks, boys. Yeah, um, yeah thanks. And um, all right, next time. I think we've uh, covered all the bases. We're stoked to, uh, to be part of... Uh, West Coast Board Riders yeah. Club. Thanks for uh, sitting down with us. Yeah. Don Bueno Meek. Thanks. And Thank uh, appreciate it. Darren Brillo. Brillhart. We're punching and, the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and listeners, um, this is something we want to uh, also encourage you to do is send us messages on, uh, on Instagram. You know, stuff you want us to ask next time or if we get these guys back in, you know, the podcast again. So we encourage everybody to like, you know, reach out and tell us who they like this uh, interview and or ask questions about. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Engage. All right. Thanks, boys. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.